0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen and amen. God is a good God. Now listen, we are again we are continuing a teaching on What is the real truth about tithe? What, I I need to understand it. A lot of times people come into the body of Christ. And all they're told is that you need to tithe. If you want God to bless you financially, you need to tithe. But it's more to it than just financial blessing. Now, we want to understand that we've set the standard of... Everything that's in this teaching is going to be set the standard of Malachi chapter 3. Go there if you will. You cannot teach on tithe without going to Malachi chapter 3. And I like what the, ver- the verse six says: "For I am the Lord; I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed." I love that. I mean, He just put it right there. Now that sets the standard right there. That 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 just that portion of Scripture sets the standard. That and, and it's going to set the standard of everything that's going to be taught throughout this series. Is setting a standard. Are you with me? We need to understand, we serve a God with an unchanging nature. When you get that in your head, then you'll understand what he said. We serve a God with an unchanging nature. He does not change. He don't have to change. How does, why would he have to change when he knows everything? We usually change different things if we get new information are we something else changes and it changes me well why would God have to do any that he already knows all information he knows everything that's going to happen before it happens so he doesn't have to change and he doesn't change he just stated it here the set the standard is set so therefore whatever God tells you to do no matter what happens whatever changes in your life does not mean it changes what he told you to do because what he told you to do is based on him knowing it all. Are you with me? Look at verse 10. He said, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven And pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11. I love it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. It wouldn't change the scriptures if I said, And I will rebuke the devil. I will rebuke the adversary. Same thing. For your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit. Before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. Now I'm in lesson, I think, number three. I'm going to call it number two because I'm starting back from last week. Even though we did a few before Pastor's Appreciation Month, I'm going to call this the second lesson because we, 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 we came back and just actually from the beginning last Sunday. But, and so we're asking the question, what is the real truth about the time? It is the first question that comes to mind to the believer once they come into the knowledge of God's financial plan for their life. The first thing that they think of is tithe. Because they're thinking of finances. And they're trying to find out, you know, what is my responsibility in the body of Christ? Financially, so that I can be blessed financially. Now, some saints spend an enormous amount of time trying to get around this. Some spend a lot of time trying to uh, say that it's not for today. They're spending time, you know, trying to break it down. And I said in the previous uh, uh, teachings, and I'll say it again, most saints, Do not get the benefit of the tithe. So you can say that it's not for the day because it's not working in your life. But you don't get the full benefit of the tithe just because you tithe. There is a prescription that goes with the tithe. And we're going to talk about that today. Not many saints that are even consistent tithers get the benefit. Or they do not receive nor do they understand the full benefit of what happens when you tithe, something happens and it goes far beyond money. I've been trying and I want to, I, I want to try again to get that out of your head. Money. This thing goes way beyond money. But because we're in this system that operates on uh, money, that's all we want to think about. But this goes way beyond that. Amen? The tithe does. Now listen, I believe that the reason that there is a misunderstanding about the tithe is the misinterpretation of the principle that governs it. And that's what we dealt with last week. If we find out the principle of what governs it, then we'll have a clear thinking. But see, when you go into it and not even understand how it's governed, how it's set up, God is a God of order. God just doesn't throw something out there and tell you, go do it. No, no, no. He has a way that he has already set it up. And if you lack understanding of it, then you're not going to get the benefits because you probably won't be operating the way you're supposed to in it. But once you find out the plan that God has for it, then you can say, oh, okay, I understand better because I know now there's a principle that it operates in and that's what I need to understand. I hope you are a, pre- a person that likes teaching so that you can grab a hold of this truth. So we don't want a misinterpretation of the principle that governs the tithe. So we have done, in, two, in, in our previous teaching, we've dealt with a particular principle and we called it getting the principle correct. See, we've got to first get the principle correct. We found out that the proper principle for the tithe is sow and reap. We've talked about that at length. And and we said, don't get it mixed up with stewardship. Stewardship falls upon another principle. And But the principle of sowing and reap is what the tides follow. Stewardship is something else. Sowing and reap, listen, is God's plan to provide for your life. When you sow, you're going to reap. That's God's provision. And provision is more than money. Just... I just can't get that enough. I know all you want is money, but God's provision goes way beyond money. I want you to get that out of your head. Amen. And so that is where the principle of tithes rests, in sow and reap. When we tithe, that opens up the avenue for God to provide for us in every area of our life. See not just financial area, but in every area. In your health area, it opens the windows for that. In everything in your understanding. It opens the windows for that. See, if all you want is money, everything is not still won't be clear because you don't even know how to operate in it. You'll be foolish with it. God is interested in the whole of your life. And the tithe is what opens the windows of heaven for the whole of your life. Every area of your life. It'll make it where when you go to the doctor, when they say they can't figure it out, if they misdiagnose you, they can't because the tithe covers you. See, it goes beyond money. He'll help you in every area. This principle, this word of God, the principle of sowing and reap and the tithe getting up under it. And you're going to find out what the tithe is. You're going to find out what the tithe is. Just, just hold tight. Now, stewardship is God's plan to fulfill our lives. As a matter of fact, sowing and reap, listen, sowing and reap leads you to stewardship. Did you hear me? Sow and reap leads you to stewardship. They're similar, but they're not, listen, they will, they are not interchangeable. They're not the same. They work together in harmony, but they are totally different. Stewardship is one thing, sowing and reap is another thing. Amen. I gave you the definition of tithe and I want to go over that before you again. Now listen, before I start the new information, I want you to know and I want you to get your minds cranked up with this because this is important in these series of teaching. See, I can't teach you what is the real truth about tithe with one message. It's deeper than one message. So it's something that's a series of teachings. So every time I teach, your mind has to get cranked up to grab a hold of it. First of all, we said the tithe is one-tenth of all legal incoming cash, whether earned or unearned. All legal incoming cash, whether earned or unearned. There are some key words here. Legally earned money. See, it's cash. It has to be cash. It has to be legal and you have to earn it or unearn it, somebody gave it gave it to you. All of that you must tithe off of. Are you with me? God does not want you giving him, giving him a tithe or anything that you receive illegally, so it has to be legal. Are you with me now illegal not only means uh, uh scripturally. Uh, Being illegal, but listen, but we also mean to be illegal when it comes to that which is civil. Remember I talked about it last week about cheating on your income tax and all of that. You cannot try to tithe after you cheated on your income tax or any area. In that, uh, of, as a matter of fact, any area, you know what, you, you know what, I don't have to explain to you about illegal, you know what's illegal, you know what's right, and you know what's wrong. So God does not want your civil illegal money, neither does He want your scriptural illegal money. Now you can get money, you can get money scripturally illegal. <laughs> Put scripture all over that illegal thing. We'll come, you know, we'll come upon that, in, in as we go on with the lessons, just just hold on, and then I'll point it out when we come to that. And maybe this, you know, and maybe it'll come up in this lesson. Maybe it, it won't, but but you but when we get through with the whole series, you'll see where it all fit in. Now watch this. The tithe is one-tenth that belongs to God and must be returned to Him. Anything that belongs to, you, to someone else does not belong to you. The tenth belongs to God and must be returned to God. It is something that was never yours. You have to think that in your mind. It's not mine. Think that in your mind. It's not mine in the first place. Why do you think God asked the question, will a man rob God? To rob means to take something that don't belong to you. He said, but you robbed me in tithes an offering." You can only rob if you're taking something that don't belong to you. He said, you have robbed me in tithes. Why? Because it don't belong to you. Oh, but don't forget an offering. Okay. Now, we understand that the tithe is like a trust. It is a trust. It's like a trust fund and God puts it in our hands for a specific purpose. Thirdly, we said that a tithe is the first fruits. That cash, which you immediately separate from your own possession, separate from your own thought pattern to use it, you separate that immediately. In other words, you don't hold on to it. You don't hold on to it at all. You get rid of it as fast as you get it. Because why? It's not mine. And because you're not disciplined to hold it. Get it all, get it where it needs to be and you'll see how that all falls in. We separated first of all. We learned that the first separation is mentally separated in your head that it don't belong to me. In other words, we count it out of our minds. We count it out of our hearts. You have to do that, and it has to become just a norm for you that okay, norm. I don't even think on that. I don't even have to. I don't even have to go all the way down to the penny. I don't even think on it like that. I count it out of my heart, out of my mind. For example, if you get a five hundred dollar check this week, and a hundred goes out to taxes. And 50 goes out to your tithes. You got $350. Just say it in your head. Don't look like, oh, I still have. To. No, no, no. You don't. You have to understand. It, you got to mentally, every time you get the money, you have to mentally subtract it immediately. Whatever you get, say, nope, I don't have $500. Well, Uncle Sam is getting this and that belonged to God, so I have three fifty, and that's what you do your budget on. That's what you bank everything on. That's what you buy your groceries on. That's what you, you don't say. Well, I can't do that because I have to buy groceries. No, well, that's because you've added in what you shouldn't have. That you robbed God. You put God's money into your budget. And God said, nope, you can't buy bacon and chicken and not with mine. I gave you 90 for that. You can't do it. So immediately, my mind is, get it out. This is what I have. That's why I said, if you actually make $60,000 a year and that's what you grow, that is not what you make. That is not what you bring. That is not what you have. You know, we love to brag on how much we make a year. But that's not what you make. And you have to get that in your mind. And it's hard for people to do that because you think it's the money and you think it's your money. And you can't do that. So it's a mentality that must change. It's a mentality that must change. That I don't, whatever money I see, I look at it minus the tithe, minus taxes. Period. Are you with me? So we need to put that in our central thought. And put this in, put that in your central thought for this entire series. We have to discover that sacrifice, we've discovered this, sacrifice is that which we suffer when we do not tithe. God never, some people think a tithe is a sacrifice. Let me tell you, God doesn't want your sacrifice. He said it in the scripture. I do not, I'm not happy with your sacrifice. I don't want your sacrifice. Because he understands, the enemy also understands, that when you have to sacrifice, it's because you haven't tithed. Or you'd be like, oh no, I've been having to sacrifice and I tithe. Well, you've the wrong way. See, that throwing it in the bucket don't mean you tithe. We're gonna get into that too. You're gonna to have to understand. You gotta be you gotta handle it like it's God's. Because it is. You don't just throw it in the bucket and say, oh, I just got that. Oh, Lord, I want to spend that. See, all of that's the wrong way to tithe. Because say that you're tithing. God doesn't... Now, you might feel okay that you tithe, but God can't receive it like that. We'll get to it. Just hold on. But I want you to say with me, tithing is not a sacrifice. I want you to get that in your head. tithing is not a sacrifice. You cannot sacrifice that. Okay, well, I'm going to go on sacrifice and tithe. How can you sacrifice something that don't belong to you? You cannot sacrifice something that don't belong to you. As a matter of fact, there are many places, many places in the Scripture, God said, I don't want you sacrificing. Amen. Amen. I like... Uh, he said he desires your obedience. And see, so you're going to find out. What the, I, I, I'm just going to wait. It, in the prophetic statement that Samuel made, re, remember that Samuel made to King Saul, when Saul had disobeyed God, listen, and he tried to appease, appease God, listen, by giving him an illegal See, you, you can't appease God by trying to give him something illegal like, okay, well, God, I'm going to give you this. He was trying to give God an illegal spiritual sacrifice. And Samuel had to check him. See, God, you can't just, yeah, well, I'm going to, yeah, I can give, uh. Samuel said to Saul, uh-uh, listen, to obey is better than that. It's better than sacrifice. Don't try to sacrifice what God told God told you not to do. Well, God, I know you told me not to do this, but look what I have. I'm going to give this portion to you. Illegal sacrifice. Meaning God does not intend for us to give him anything and consider what you're giving him a sacrifice. God does not desire our sacrifice. He desires our obedience. What does God desire? My obedience, not a sacrifice. Then we went into the purpose of the tithe. And we said the purpose of the tithe was, number one, to finance the kingdom of God. Number two, to publish the gospel to the lost. Number three, to provide for the needs of the believer, whether there be spiritual needs or temporal needs. Now remember the principle of sow and reap. God has no other provision in his word to meet our needs Other than you and I get involved with sowing and reaping process according to the will of God. Now, did you hear me? I didn't say God is gonna, 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 um, uh, provide for you if you tithe. I said, listen closely. God has no other way that He is going to, uh, make provisions for you if you don't get into the principle of sow and reap. Sow and reap is that principle that's going to get provisions for you. Now, if you want to keep your mind on money, that's how you're going to get it. Not the tithe. Sowing and reaping is that principle that will always keep you, keep you going, keep you getting, keep you, it's, 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 it's in the earth. And the Bible says as long as the earth remains as God, that, that principle is going to always be there. Because that's the way that everything is going to continue to go, sowing and reaping. Are you following me? Now, listen to me. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, you have to get involved with sowing and reap, uh, the uh, reaping process according to the will of god not just doing something you got to do it according to the will of god he'll always give you his will so now that we have correctly placed the tithing under the proper principle of sow and reap listen to me that govern and, and all of that governs the tenth Sowing and reap governs the tenth So what we're going to do this morning, and I want you to hang on for the rest of the way, and I want you to hold tight because I'm going to try to explain some things that's dear to my heart that I've learned over the years and clearly wants you, that's clearly in my heart. And it's not that easy to get over. It's really not. But I'm going to try my best to get it to you. Now, I don't want you to get lost. I want you to listen attentively. Listen attentively. Listen to everything I'm saying. Listen, stop trying to be bored. Stop trying to act like, where do you have to go? Corona's out there. You need to stay safe. You don't have nowhere to go. You know, somebody say, well, how long does she teach? Let me tell you, a person that wonders how long that I teach and you can't, I'm going to tell you, you're not ready for heaven. You ain't even close. I mean, my, I want to know where you where you going. Where are you going that you can't sit there? Where are you going today? To your bedroom? I mean, where are you going? To the kitchen? Where, where? You need to sit down and learn something. It doesn't matter how long I go. You don't have nowhere to go. But if you don't enjoy hearing the Word of God, how do you ever think you'll enjoy heaven? If you can't... Ooh, Gosh, oh God. I know you're used to them 15 minute service. Well, I'm here to tell you right now. This is the wrong church for that. And that's probably why your life is like it is. You need more than 15 minutes. You need knowledge and understanding and you need time to develop in that. So don't worry how long, don't look at the time. You know what? If you get your mind off of time and get it on what we're teaching, you'll find out that the hour or however long I go, it won't seem that long. You'll be like, is that, did it happen that quick? But you gotta be interested in it. You gotta be in, you always want to change but don't want to make one. You're never gonna get a change. And you're never gonna make one or get one until you get new information. To change. Are you, are you following me? So, now, I, want, I, I again, I don't want you to get lost. Put this in your notes. Understanding tithing within the principle and how tithes fit in the principle. That's what we're going to deal with. Understanding tithing within the principle, or you can say, how, tithe, how does tithe fit in the principle? We're going we're gonna to chase that. Now, what I want to do is define in the context in which I'm teaching, and I'm using this word principle. I want to define something, because I'm using this word principle that I want you to understand. I want to define what it means when I say the principle. The principle. Because some people think that tithing is a principle, and it is not. So I want to define for you a principle so that you won't get it mixed up with the tithe, because tithing is not a principle. Now, in our ministry and in teaching, over the years that we've been in ministry, there are seven different, um, I, I'll say principles that God has put in His word that we must follow in teachings. Just follow in teachings, because it's going to cover every area of your life. Follow me. The first spiritual principle is the spiritual principle of organization. Now, the first thing God did was organize the earth. So, organization is God's plan to simplify your life. Have you noticed when things are organized how simple it is? How simple it is. It really is. Sometimes I go in my room and because I haven't got all of my husband's stuff out and it's just that, but I'm like, oh my God, if everything was organized, it makes life simple because you can go in and pick it up. That's why Pastor Hill, our founding pastor, never, never lost his keys. If he lost them, it's because I had them. But he was organized. He put everything right where it's supposed to be every time. The same way he would put it right there. And if it was missing, he'd look over and say, Al, where's my keys? Because he knows that's organization. You put it where it needs to be. You do everything and organize. It's God's plan. It's a principle that God has placed in your life to simplify your life. Just simplify it. Second principle that God has put in operation is the principle uh, the, uh, where the tides fit in. And it is the principle, again, of sow and reap. That's a principle in the earth. And, God, and that's God's plan to provide for our lives. Provision comes through sow and reap. It's a principle. Third principle God put into the earth is the principle of stewardship. And that is where God gave the man stewardship over all the works of his hands. And stewardship is God's plan to fulfill your life. If you're not a good steward, that's why your life is not fulfilled. That's why you're going from paycheck to paycheck. That's why everything is a hindrance to you. Because stewardship is God's plan to fulfill our lives. To make sure everything we need, everything that we want, everything that's supposed to be like it is, stewardship is going to get you there. It's going to fulfill your life. Fourth principle, God established in the earth, was the principle of authority. The thing that God's people hate is the principle of authority. Whereby God put himself and all of us under authority. Now isn't that amazing? That God put him on his own self under authority. That's why he can't come out from up under His word. He put himself up under that. That's why when we talk about God come down here. No, no, no. God gave man dominion over the earth and guess what? He put all everything that he needed and God shut the door and shut himself out. And by his authority, he said, I will not go in. Man has to operate in those places. He's under authority. So don't tell me God and you have a thing going on about the tithe that's different from his authority. He's under that authority. He's not changing for you. Authority. That's a good one. So that's God's plan. Now, when you stay up under authority, that's God's plan to protect our life. He set the principle up. If you stay under authority, I'll always protect you. I always tell the youth this. And I always tell young people this. I don't care if you go into the movies or whatever. If you stay up under the authority of your parents. God can protect you. It's only when you get out. It's when you say you're going to the movies and you go there and then you leave there when you told them that's where you were going to be and you go somewhere else. Now God can't protect you. Because you've gotten out from under authority. You've got authority. It's God's plan. He's going to protect you as long as you stand authority. That's why there's no need to sweat don't sweat that you're gonna, something's gonna happen to you. Sweat and see, am I under authority? Don't look for nothing else. Cause if you're under authority, you don't have to worry about anything else. So every time we're looking at, see if this is gonna happen or can I prevent this from happening? Can I prevent, don't worry about that. All you have to worry about is, am I under authority? Cause if I am, straight across the board, God's gonna protect me. Stay under authority. I don't care how mad you get, how upset you get, stay under authority. And God can protect you. It's when you come out, you lose the protection. Young people, you hear that. I, if you live in your parents' house, understand this, I don't care how old you are. I'm too old for them to still tell you, You're under authority. See, when you're too old for, to get, be up under your parents' authority, you're way, you're way too old to be up under God. You're going to be like, uh uh-uh, yeah. I'm going to tell you, you're not going to obey His authority either. Now, you saying you're going to obey the authority of the one that you see. Now, you're not obeying the authority of the one you see. What makes you think you're going to obey the authority of the invisible God that you don't see? No way. See you're going to obey only because you know they're there. But see, you're not going to see God. So don't tell me if you're not obeying their authority, that you're obeying God's authority. you're not. Fifth, principle of God, that God put in the Earth realm, He put it in the Earth realm and all in it. Look and it always existed in the spiritual realm. All of these already existed in the spiritual realm. Listen. He put it in the earth. He put it in the earth. But it was out of the natural realm of the fall of Adam that it all came about. And that is the spiritual principle of unconditional love. He put it in the earth. He started it. Unconditional love. And I, this is what I love about all of these. Principles, all of them, Jesus abided by. He showed us we could do it. Listen, this spiritual principle of this spiritual principle of unconditional love will keep you out of bondage and unforgiveness. There's unconditional love. God has set His love for us at a point where you cannot fail. Because of His love. He set it there. See, that's amazing. I could just stay there all day. He set His love upon us so that we wouldn't fail. Mm -hmm. What a good God. What a faithful God. Just so I wouldn't fail. Because of His love. So then unconditional love is God's plan to keep us from failing. Ooh, I love that. Un- you mean unconditional love will keep me from failing? Yes, it'll keep you from failing in every area. Just unconditional love. Now, all of God's people and all of the people of the earth, we love conditional love. That's usually what we operate in. That's usually what we marry in. Conditional love. But Jesus said, "I set in the earth's realm." Unconditional love as a principle to keep you from failing. And most Christians don't operate in it. And you're wondering why you're failing. In different areas, in relationships, in things, it's because this, this spiritual principle is not in operation in your life. See, I can have unconditional love for you and still rebuke you. See, we think, oh, if you rebuke, you don't have... Uncond- no, 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 no. Unconditional. Jesus did it all the time he walked. He rebuked, he did it. But he walked in unconditional love. That's how you get forgiveness. Unconditional love. Spiritual principle. Keep you from failing. Sixth principle that God put in the earth. The principle of obedience. And obedience is God's plan to reward your life. Every time you obey... A reward is coming. Obedience brings the reward. When we obey God, then He has an avenue to reward us according to our obedience. Oh my God. It just makes you just want to obey. Now, see, because you don't just see, I'm telling you, just obey. Just obey. Is God's plan to reward. You want a reward from God? Obey. Obey unconditional love. <laughs> See, I know you want to be, tell me, God, I'm going to obey. Okay, unconditional love to that person you can't hardly stand. Be kind to that person you can't hardly stand. <laughs> we will talk about that a little bit more too. Obedience, God's plan to reward. Seventh principle that, is, that God put in the earth, the spiritual principle of agreement. Agreement then is God's plan to crown our lives with peace. Let me tell you, if you want peace in your life, come into agreement with God's word. And I'm going to tell you, no matter what goes on, your children mess up, they get in trouble, whatever, you lose your job, you, you you don't make as much money. I'm telling you, you will still have peace. And you'll be like, how do I have this much peace in the midst? Because what? I have operated in the period, the principle of agreeing with God's word. What is God's word? Is that he's going to take care of you. He never leaves you or forsake you. He's going to protect you no matter what. I come in agreement with that word. Uh, you know, we love to come into agreement with the word that he's going to do all this good stuff. But let's come into agreement with the word that he's going to chastise me when I'm wrong. He's going to give me instructions. He's going to rebuke me. He's going to do all that. But see, you got to agree with that too. We always want to agree with all the good things that we think God is doing. But chastisement is a good thing. But you got to agree with it. Now, you see, you got to stop talking about people judging you. And say, Father, thank you. I come in agreement that that word has pricked my heart and I agree that I'm wrong in that area. See, that's when God, I'm telling you, he'll put you in a place. Peace. Like, how do I have this peace? Agree with it. Now, those seven principles, these are, I mean, we're going to look at the seven principles and how they all play out. When I say principles, then that's what I'm talking about. These are what I'm talking about. When I say principles, then your mind should go to these, these, these things, these seven principles that I've given you. Are you with me? Now, and when I'm talking about going to them, because now I've just given you an umbrella. And it has seven, all, seven parts to it. Seven little parts to it. And you up under that umbrella. You now have an umbrella that you operate up under. And so every particular part under that upright is going to keep you safe and going to cause you to walk according to God's word. Gonna cause you to be victorious in every life. I'm under the, everybody got the same umbrella. Everybody have one. It's a shield of protection. Everybody has it. You've been there. God just gave you a shield of protection. And we're talking about tithing. I told you it's more than money. So, this umbrella that you own, it's a shield of protection. It's the thing that you stay under to make it work. You stay under it to make everything work right in life. I'm not talking about a particular part of the whole when I say principle. I'm talking about the whole. It's the umbrella. I'm talking about the essence of the whole. In other words, the very nature of that particular thing that we're talking about, which are the principles, we're also, they are essential to the whole. So every principle that's under that umbrella is essential. What do I mean by essential? Anytime you use the word essential, it means that it has to be there. In order for it to work. So all the all those seven principles are essential to our lives. It's essential to the umbrella. You can't have one missing out and stay under protection. Because the rain is going to come on the good, the bad, and the ugly. But you can't leave one out say, Oh, unconditional love, I'll leave a hole in the umbrella there. Oh um, you know you you can't you gotta have the whole umbrella. You want total protection. It's gonna work it's going to make it work. It's essential that all of them be there. It's essential that none be left off to make it a whole. To make it work, it's essential. It makes it what it is. It makes all the principle work. If you take one out, all of them can't work. It's essential that we work them all. You can do seven things. You do more than that. In other words, the essential ingredients is the thing that make it what it is. So then when we look at the word principle, we're also talking about the inherent part. That is, the inherent part means that it was there before the beginning. It was not added and it cannot be deleted. Ooh, that's so good. So all of these principles was there before the beginning. All of these principles existed in heaven. Listen, it wasn't added. It was always there. God put it in the earth because it was always there. And it cannot be deleted. You cannot take them out. We're talking about the tide still. You gotta learn about teaching when you teach. See, you wanna know, ah, just tell me what one plus one is two. No. Well, see, now we're gonna get into fractions, divisions, and all. You know, then there's a whole formula that has to work to get you to the answer. This is a formula. Why? Because God is trying to teach you something. It's not a formula where God to get you confused. It's not a formula to get you messed up. It's a formula to get you where God needs you to be. He's not just going to throw you there. He wants you operating in there. They're in the earth for a reason. And it all stems back to redemption. And that's a whole nother teaching. But it all stems back to that. Are you following me? So we have to settle back and realize we cannot violate, go around and misappropriate any of the principles of God and expect to be successful with God. See, you can't violate them. You can't do what you want to do. You can't say what you want to say. See, some things you just got to shut up because I can't just say everything I'm feeling. I can't just go all around this. Why? Because when you do that, you're going to mess up everything and you won't be successful with the things of God. Notice this. A principle is a part of a whole. A part of the whole. But it is essential. You're talking about the tithe. It is the essence of it. It is inherited to it. But each principle is made up of many parts. So here we have principles. But in the principle, how are uh, there are in the principle there are many parts to make the principle what it is. There's many parts. To make a principle what it is. Did you hear me? There's many parts to make the principle what it is. Grab that. Now I want to give you four primary parts of any principle. Any any of these principles that we talked about. Four primary parts. And all of these principles that I gave you will have these four, four parts in it. Grab it. First of all, in every principle of God... In every principle, God has already placed one of His institutions. God has institutions. Oh, wow, I didn't know God. Yes, He has the institutions. And He's placed institutions, His institution, in every one of them. Follow me. Example. In the institution of the spiritual principle of sow and reap, we say, well, okay, what institution did God put in that? Well, it's the institution of marriage. (laughs) It is a sow and reap institution. I'll say marriage is a sow and reap institution. Whereby a man in that institution is the giver. He's the sower. The wife is the receiver. See, the man is the giver because he sows the seed. The wife is the receiver. And what does the wife do? She receives, and her responsibility is to produce the harvest. So, what happens when the man gives the seed? Now, I want you to get this, and I've given this illustration before, but for those of you that haven't, and those of you that have, to bring you back to where you need to do, you need to look at this thing beyond money. if you look at it this way you'll never look at tithing the same again you won't ever look at tithing thinking just about money you'll look at tithing as an avenue of the kingdom of God see the mistake people make with tithing the first thing that they think about is money that's your biggest mistake the money that money it's not about money it's about a part of a principle And a part of that principle is going to make tremendous change in your life once you get it. So here we go. Let's say... um, Deacon Burris back there. He has children. What did he have to do to get children? He had to deposit a seed into his wife, which was a receiver. Remember, it's under the institution of sow and reap. The institution of sow and reap goes up under if marriage is is in it. Notice I said in marriage. Don't try to operate this principle outside of marriage. Now uh, it, it's gonna work either way it go, but this is God's principle. So What Deacon Berries had to do was deposit a seed into the receiver. Sister Berries. But I guarantee you he never once concentrated on the seed. You don't concentrate on the seed. But he did wait for the harvest once the seed was planted. He wasn't thinking about, oh I need to get a seed in there, I need to get a seed. He wasn't thinking about that. many of you now today still walk around thinking about a seed. Uh, I'm a seed. You don't think about that because you don't think about the seed. You don't think. What you do is you think about the harvest. You think about once he planted the seed and the receiver said I'm pregnant. He no longer all he's thinking about is the harvest. The child coming. That's all you think about. But without the seed there would be no harvest. This principle works and works and works. The seed has to be planted, which is sowing. The woman had to receive, which is reaping. Well, which is receiving. And then the harvest is going to come, and then you're going to get the harvest, and you're going to reap what you sowed. It's just so simple. Sow the seed, reap the harvest. Straight across the board it works. For example, if you want your wife to show more love, you show more love. So it will come back to you. Just simply give her more love or vice versa. Give her more love. Give her more affection. Let me tell you, give give your wife more affection, men, and I'll guarantee you it's going to come back. I'll guarantee you she will respond. She's she's created to. And she will reproduce it after your kind. And you will get more love. And you will get more love and affection. And guess what? You're going to get more than the little bit that you gave her. Because God created her that way. She'll take that thing and give it back to you. Give you a harvest. So if you say, Just give her more love. Or are you with me? She's going to give it back to you. Why? Because she reproduces after your kind. And her responsibility is to produce the harvest. She is a life giver. Over in Genesis, God called her the life giver. She's going to give life to anything that's dead. Anything. The woman is there for that. Oh, let me put that another way. The wife is there for that. She's created for that. That that I'm telling you, the word of God applied to her calls her a life giver. She gives life to anything, anything that life needs to give into. That's why when you come home, your house is this way, or you do it. She's giving life to it. I'll show you in the scripture as we go along. I'll be showing you the scriptures of institution that are placed in each and every individual principle we talked about. So we find that in this principle of sow and reap is the institution of marriage. And there's another institution for the unmarried. So I'm not leaving you out. That principle sow sowing and reap is for the marriage. That's not for the unmarried. Don't you go trying to operate in this. That's for the marriage. There is a principle that operates for the unmarried people but is in that institution it's not established in the principle of sow, sow and reap it is established on the principle of stewardship that's where you fall in unmarried because the unmarried cannot operate in that principle of sow and reap in the marriage that's why you don't live with someone <laughs> oh we think you know, we live we going to get married we live we gonna, no sow and reap. And then, and, uh, I hear people buy houses with people that they're not married to. That's crazy. You're trying to sow and reap in that principle that's for marriage. You're the stewardship. One of the stewardship for the unmarried is don't go splitting your money up with somebody that has no commitment with you. Don't go and buy no house with someone that you not have your last name. Mm-mm. The difference between sow and reap, and stewardship. Not sow and reap for you. Listen, everything in God's kingdom really can be headed up more effectively by an unmarried person. Did you know that? It really could, because an unmarried person don't have all these other things that go on with marriage. I know everybody think marriage is just, you know, all that. No, you have to make it all that. It ain't coming like that. And for God's sake, please don't think that the wedding and God, That's not marriage. That's a ceremony. That's not marriage at all. But if an unmarried person really would live according to the kingdom of God... They would be powerful. Why? Because they're free. They're free to do whatever they want. They don't have to be home at a certain time. They don't have to cook if they don't want to. They don't even have to bathe that much if they don't want to. They can go run and climb up in their bed. Now, you can't do that married. You need to run and go take a shower. But if you are unmarried, you can run, climb up in the bed. You can hey, you can buy one biscuit. You ain't have to buy a whole can because once you eat that one biscuit, your whole family's fed, you're done. You, are, well, you can go. You can get up and go. You can even quit a job because it ain't going to affect nobody but you. But that is under stewardship. You can do anything you want. I'm telling you, as an unsingle person, uh, unmarried person, when you, I'm telling you, anything you want, but not being married. That's a whole other whole nother institution. Are you with me? See, they can. Uh, when you're unmarried, you can really do exactly what God wants you to do. With no interference. So that puts them under a different institution. So you don't have the sword and wreath as the married people do for an example. But you do have stewardship over what God is giving you responsibility over. And because in a marriage, your responsibility is to your spouse. Nobody else. I don't care if everybody else is calling your name. Your responsibility as a man is to your wife. I don't care who else call on you. I don't care if it's your mother. Your responsibilities to your wife. You have to respond to her. You have to respond to her needs. You're under different principle than an unmarried person. You can't do, if you have a brother or sister that's single, you can't do with your parents what they do as an uh, uh, unmarried person. Not as a married person. See, a lot of times you, people be like, you know, well, I don't even have to talk to my wife about this. If my mother wants it, I'm going to give them this. And I'm gonna do, you can't do that. Now, if you're unmarried, you do what you want. But now, now i got to discuss that with you. Yeah, but that's my mama. No, no. You're not her little boy anymore. You're a grown man. Again, every principle that's in this, is there is an institution that goes in it. There are three other things that happens in the principles, and they are, number two, commandments, statutes, and judgments. They are all within the institution, within the principles. There are things that are in the principles. There are three things. Commandments, statutes, and judgment. Don't get lost. Tell your neighbor, hold on close. Don't get lost. See, I'm saying a lot of stuff. Don't get lost. Tithing then is under the principle of sow and reap. We said that. It is a statue. It is a law. It is a regulation. It is a rule. And it is a prescription. Tithing is. See, we've been talking about tithing all along. But see, I'm laying groundwork. I know you want all these, but I'm laying groundwork. I'll tell you again, tithing. In the principle of and reap, it is a statute, It is a law. It is a regulation. It's a rule, and it is a prescription. Now, all of the words that I gave you for statute, I want you to hold these two to your heart. I gave you all of those those, those, those different ones. The statute, the law. The, these two I want you to hold. It's a law and a prescription. Write it down. Those are the ones I want you to, to, to look at. It's a law and it is a prescription. Now the Hebrew word there is coke. C-H-O-Q. Coke. Not coke like you drink. That's the way it's pronounced. Coke. C-H-O-Q. This Hebrew word for statue says this. This is where the whole tithing rests. I want you to get, I'm going to give you a logos of it. Uh, A a logos uh, to look at this word. It is a portion which is provided to and assigned to, and it carries correspondent actions. I'll say it again. Giving you the word on, on, on the, uh, the statues, what it says, what it, what it means, the statue, what tithing rests on. It is that portion which is provided to and assigned to and carries corresponding actions. Now, listen, there's two parts. It is a portion that is assigned to and provided to and it carries corresponding actions. For example, the portion is a tenth. got it. A portion is a tenth that God gives us. That is a portion. It's a tenth. God provides that to us. He assigns it to us, listen, but it must be used according to the prescription. God has has provided the tent to us, assigned it to us, but now it must be used according to the prescription. There's nothing you can do with it. You can't use it for your own. It has to be totally used according to how God has prescribed that. This is a particular type, this is the way it should be used. When I say the way God has already told you, you gotta use it only the way that He prescribed it. Only the way He said to use it. You can't, that's why you can't use it for your groceries. You can't use it for your bills. You can't use it to go shopping. You can't use, because that's not what it's prescribed for. It was given to you For a reason it was assigned to you and then it was given to you how you aren't supposed to use. Now, all of us know everything belongs to God. But God said, But I'm giving you a portion. And I'm assigned it to you. And I'm gonna tell you how to bring it. Because it's mine. See, we think that tithing The 10% is money. But let me tell you what the seed is. Because tithing is the seed. But let me tell you what the seed is. The seed is not the 10. The seed is the obedience. (laughs) That's the seed. Ooh, somebody should have said hallelujah on that one. See, the seed is obedience. Not the money. That's the seed. But you got to go according to the prescription, what he said. Bring it. Bring all the tithes into it. He gave us a prescription on what to do with it. Everyone in here have had a prescription before. I mean, a prescription from your doctor. I have and you have too. Everybody's had a prescription. And on that prescription, different things you don't know. Have you ever seen a doctor give you a prescription and you don't know what it says on there? And you know, they can't have right, no way. But you can't, but sometimes you can kinda look at it and figure it out. Or not really figure it out, but kinda make out what they're saying. But you don't understand it. Remember what I told you, like, bid, tid, and quid. We've all seen that on a prescription before. And you'd be looking like, I don't know what that is, but you know, you talk to your doctor, so you kind of got a feeling that you know what it is, but you really don't know. But you look at the paper that they give you to take to the pharmacist, and, and you look at it, and you'd be like, TID, I don't know what that means, I don't know, and I can't even understand that or anything. But guess what? When you take it to the proper place that it belongs, the druggist, or the, the pharmacist, knows what to do. It's the same principle! It's the same principle, because it's a prescription! And this is what happened. You find out, oh, when he said bid, B-I-D, it was two a day. When I seen that Tid there, it was three a day. When I seen Quid there, Q-U-U, I didn't know, it was four a day. But now, what does the... What does the druggist do? Or the, the pharmacist do? He takes what you didn't know and he takes it, he makes it work, and then he writes it in something you understand. Now you look at it and on your prescription bottle it said two a day. You didn't understand it when it said 10. Or it said three a day. Now you look at it and say, Oh, I see what that means. Why? Because I took it to the proper place and now I got something back that's going to help me and I can understand. It's a principle. It works every time. So where have you been taking the prescription? (laughs) That's why your life is like it is. You haven't been taking it to the pharmacist, Jesus. Uh-oh. Jesus is a great physician that never lost a case. Well, you need to take your prescription to him. Who have you been taking it to? Did you take it to the car dealership? Did you take it to HEB? Look at them boots you have on. Is that where you took it? See if it has an answer for you. See, you can only, you got a prescription is going to do exactly what you need. God said, I've given it to you, I've signed it to you, and I'm giving you a prescription to operate in that. And you're going to get the benefits from it. Mm -mm -mm. See, I can just say, I hope you're getting this. i got to slow down. I want to run through this, but I can't do that because i was like, oh, I want to get to some good stuff. But, you know, because I know it don't mean you know it. My pastor always told me that Al slow down so they can get it. They can get just because you got it, don't mean they got just because some of you got it, then wait on someone. Say, I got it, but I'm waiting on somebody else. If they need time to get it, let them get it. And God'll bless you in the meanwhile and show you that you didn't got it didn't have it like you thought. The prescription. I like when you take it to the proper place. What did he say? Bring all the tithes to the proper place. The storehouse. To the temple. You can't take it anywhere else and get the benefits. The storehouse know exactly what to do with it. Because I know you don't think God needs any money. So this is what I'm trying to say, is that this is the way, with the tithe, that we have to use it according to the prescription, how he prescribes. In other words, when we get get it to the proper place and it changes to something, it changes to something. Have you noticed when you get a prescription, that paper... With that, after you give it to the proper place, it changes. You get something different back. Now you get a container with something in it to help you. So if you don't bring it to the proper place, it can't change into what you need. You got to take it to the proper place. Can't take it anywhere. It's going to change into something that's going to care for your need. It changes. Everybody say it changes. Everybody say the tide is a prescription, has a prescription, and it changes once you take it to the proper place. It changes to something else. And just like the seed, the deacon berries sowed into sister berries. It changed. The seed changed from what it was. It was just a seed. It came to something that he was looking for. Something that they were looking for. Now they have Larissa, Elise, Eric Jr. That seed changed once it got into the proper place. And then all of a sudden that thing grows and grows and grows. One day, one of them you can throw a football to, one of them you can play dolls with, they just start growing. Because it changes. Simplicity. But it has a corresponding action. The corresponding action is this, that God will perform the law. Whoo. Whoo. That's the corresponding act. God will perform the law. We follow the pres- prescription and God will perform it. You don't have to try to perform it. Your job is to bring it to the proper place. Your job is to follow the prescription. God's job is to perform it. The back at that medicine. When you take the medicine according to the way it's prescribed... And according to the scientific research, that whatever went on and how they told you, I'm talking about just natural medicine, now something happens different to your body. But guess what? This is the difference. I've given you that as an example, but let me show you where the difference is. You can get the prescription in the natural, take it to the pharmacist, get the medication, and take it, and you may or may not, your body may or may not agree with it. It might be a hit and miss. But never with God. That's one thing you never have to worry about. And the, and the only reason that is, is because you live in this body. So, yes, and they and, and the doctor gave you something. They're mere men. God is not. That's why when you do it God's way, you won't ever miss. Even though the doctors might. Naturally. Spiritually, never. Never will you miss. Not when you do according to the prescription. Now turn, if you will, to Luke. Come on. Oh, I know better. (laughs) You all got me caught up. Turn to Luke. That's okay. Where do you have to go? You ought to be excited about this teaching that God is showing you something different. I want you to watch these different principles that Jesus used. And how he flowed through them. Now we've gone through, I showed you the seven principles, look at uh, chapter 6, verse 35. Are you there? The scriptures read, But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, and he is kind unto the unthankful, and to the the evil. Now that particular statement, listen right there, squarely falls up under the spiritual pr- principle of unconditional love. See, all through the scripture, you can walk through all these principles. squarely. This is unconditional love, wouldn't you say? Because I'm gonna read it again. Love your enemies. Ooh, that's unconditional love. And do good and lend, hoping for nothing again and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. You better listen. He's speaking to you. That particular scripture we just read squarely goes under the spiritual principle of unconditional love. You have to have unconditional love to loan someone money Loan it to them. And they not pay you back. Yeah, you have to have unconditional love. Well, let, let me put it this way. You have to have unconditional love to loan someone money and they not pay it back and you not be mad. That's unconditional love. Did you get it? And you not be mad. And now that they haven't paid you back, you don't expect them to pay you back. And you're not mad. Woo-hoo. We're talking about the time still. Unconditional love. That's unconditional love. I'm talking about you're not going to let the fact that they, you loaned them money and you're not going to let that end the relationship. And I'm through with them. I gave them money and they're they walking around talking to me and doing stuff like they don't owe me nothing. Can you do that? They owe you that and you can say, we're still friends and I'm never going to bring it up to you. Unconditional love. See, I told you, we're good at conditional love. I've had several people do me that way. Several. But I still walk in unconditional love. I never bring it up to them. You have to have love, unconditional love to loan someone. And I'm not talking, because that's different if you give someone something. I'm talking like you actually gave them a loan. And they said they were going to pay it back. But since they haven't, do you, you need to not expect it back. And you're not going to be angry that they don't pay it back. Yeah, it's pretty hard. That's that's called unconditional love. You mean I'm just gonna let that go, let what I longed? No, you can't let it end the relationship. That, this is what God calls unconditional love. I see. We call it something different. Well, I'm just gonna bring it up to them I mean, they don't have to pay me back, but they need to need to know I know. No, 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 no. That's not the unconditional love. And guess what? Not only are you going to not be angry, God say, now, unconditional love. God say, now I want you to still be kind to him. And I still want you to be nice to him. As a matter of fact, don't loan him something next time. Give it to him. And you're like, I wish I would. See, we're talking about unconditional love. God is saying, now, now, let's do that. (laughs) I want you to continue to be kind. Because I'm kind to the unthankful and the ungrateful and the evil. And you say you want to be like me, do that. Continue to be kind. Even though they were unthankful. You already know, they were unthankful and ungrateful. Because evidently they act like they don't owe you nothing. God said, but I want you to be kind to him Anyway. We just read it. It's a principle. In his word. Unconditional love. That's saying I'm not going to let anything interfere with our relationship. I'm not going to let anything break up our relationship. That's unconditional love. Right? Unconditional. Unconditional. That is God's plan to keep any relationship from failing. Right there. He will, come, he will make sure any relationship won't fail right here. Well, Pastor, what is the institution for unconditional love? It's the institution of brotherly love. It's within that, that, that that's, that's the institution that's within that principle. Brotherly love. I still have love for you. God put that there, brotherly love, in that institution. And guess what? Brotherly love is a strong institution. It's just as strong as a marriage institution. As far as God is concerned, that was one of the first questions that was asked in the Garden of Eden. Cain asked, am I my brother's keeper? And God said, you bet you are. Brotherly love. It's just as strong. you're your brother's keeper. As a matter of fact, it was the second institution that was set up after marriage. That's how strong it is. So when you look at it that way and it comes on with our time, it makes it easy to forgive. I can't have this on me. Now watch this. He moves to another principle. I like this. Look what he says in verse 36. Be ye therefore merciful, as your father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. He just moved right from the spiritual principle of of brotherly love, right into the spiritual principle of agreement. Moved into it. Just, he moved into. I said, "God, why are you you you're a smooth worker." He moved right in. He just eased right into it. The spiritual principle of agreement. I'm gonna tell you something. You will never ever ever be a peaceful person on the inside until you learn to forgive. And you have to forgive the one who has trespassed against you. Did you hear me? You have to forgive the one that trespassed against you. Listen, the spiritual principle of agreement, the institution there is the institution of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The spiritual, the, the institution of the, the Trinity, God and the Trinity man on how they all come together so we can understand and we can come into agreement with God. You, until you do that, until you come into agreement, you will not have peace. You will not have peace. There are some people out here right now. If you're not a tither and you come to church consistently, when you come to church and the offering is taken, why is it you have an unsettlement? You have an unsettlement. You're a believer. Now, I'm not talking, I am not even talking to sinners. But if you're a believer, it's an unsettlement in you. It comes up. That struggle, that fight, it never ends, it never will end. It's like, oh, the process is always there. And it'll always be there. Every time you fill out an envelope, there's a wonderment about it. Like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to put this in, but I'm, I can't tithe. Every time you put it in the offering place, hmm, and you're not tithing, there's something there. It's just, it's like you, you, you kind of adjust yourself on your chair. it's an unsettlement listen never quite at ease you're never quite at ease why? because until you come into agreement with God you have to come into agreement with God and settle that thing in your heart or you never have the kind of peace that God promised that passes all understanding you won't have it that's why you don't have peace See, I told you, it's more than a dime on a dollar. This is one of the reasons why you don't have peace. You think it's because that's all you do is think about it all. This came up. No, it's because if this was in place, you would have the peace in the midst of circumstances. It doesn't mean the circumstances are going to disappear. It just means in the midst of it. How do I have so much peace? Notice, when you're not a tither... It's hard for you to settle down in one place. It'll keep you running. It's edgy. Keep you running. As a matter of fact, the tithe issue is so strong, it'll run you out of your church. You'll run and try to find a church that's not talking about it. And there's some out there that will. But you'll run until you out of know I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. It'll run you out. Uh, it'll run you out of here. Every message will be you'll just run. It's just uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. You will say to yourself I have to find somewhere else. But they're not harboring on the tithe. We're just trying to get you where you can because it's not about money. It's unsettling on the inside. It's a strong thing. It's a law. And if you break the law, you pay the penalty. That's all it is. It's a law. You break it, you're going to have a penalty. (laughs) Did you get that? If you break the law, there's a penalty. Now watch this. I want to show you scripturally that, that. How these different parts just line up into a single principle. It lines up, and it's always going to be under a single principle. We said that there are commandments, statutes, uh, of judgments, and institutions. For the rest of the way, let's concentrate solely on the principle of sow and reap. Solely on the principle of sow and reap. And I'm going to line up some of these parts for you. Everybody say work. Work. Say work. Work is a good word. Listen. You you're gonna to have to listen. Now again, we're going up under the principle of sow and reap. Look at uh where am I verse? No, 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 I don't want to go there. I don't want to even do with that. Go to Ephesians. I'm sorry, go to Ephesians chapter four. I'm really out of time, but I want you all to get this so bad because it's so important for you to get it. Are you in Ephesians chapter four? Look at verse twenty-seven. Neither give place. Could you say the word work? Neither give place to the devil. Now, like God said, that neither give place to the devil. Now, when, now. When you're out of line with the principles of God, listen, the devil have already got a toehold on you. Did you hear me? Once you're out of line with the principles of God, he already has a toehold on you. Now remember, the devil can't do anything without your permission. You know that. The devil can't do anything without your permission. If the devil is on your case, somewhere you permitted him in, and it might be with the tide. even though you love God. The devil can't do anything in our lives unless we permit it to happen. The devil just can't come in and take charge of your life. He can't do that unless you gave him permission There's no such thing as the devil doing what he wants to do in a believer's life. No. No such thing. He can only harass you, but he cannot cause you to fail unless you permit it. Did you hear me? He can harass you, but he cannot cause you to fail unless you permit it. The enemy cannot succeed in your life because he couldn't... If he could do that, then it would make God a lie. And God cannot lie. If he could just come in and do what he wants, then it would make God a lie. And God cannot lie. Because God said in his word that the church, that that he has established, he said the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Now, for him to come in and do what he won't do, he's prevailing. And then God was lying. No. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That's why he kept the keys in Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. He kept the keys of sin and death for a reason. Because the keys of sin and death was our failure. He kept those. But in Matthew 16, he gave us the kingdom of God, which is our success now. We can be successful. Therefore, any failure is a permitted response, something I gave permission to. If my health is failing, I gave permission to it. See, you gotta own that. Or you're gonna say God's a liar. If my finances are suffering, I gave place. If my household is failing, I gave the enemy permission. If my thinking is all messed up, I gave him permission. So he said, don't give place to the de- to the devil. Don't give any place to him. That's the first thing he said. Look at verse 28. Let him that stole, remember we said work, steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hand, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. He just, he just said a lot in that so then work is the means by which you have and when you have you have to give he just said it right there I'll say it again work is the means by which we have and we have to give what about me see that's the problem do you think, I like the way our pastor used to say it, do you think that God is going to let water go through the water holes without you getting wet? The grass is going to get the benefit of it, but the holes get wet too. But you still have to have something to give. Our responsibility is to give. When God tells us He has a responsibility to perform in our lives, he will, with good measure, press down, shaken together, and it will run over. He has already showed it. I will do that. We operate in the principles. Automatic. Now listen, you have not heard the rest of this teaching. We are still talking. I'm still in just technicalities. I'm not even deep into the tide. I'm still just laying the foundation because we are a teaching ministry. These things are important first that you get. See, we want to jump over everything. It won't benefit you if you don't have all these principles down and understand them. Then when we start diving diving into really what the tide is bringing, you'll understand it better. Don't get bored. Don't be like, oh, get to it, get to it. No, no, and no. You are an unlearned person. You got to go through line upon line, precept upon precept, hear a little, bear a little, so that you will grab it. I don't care how many times you heard it, I'll guarantee you. I've taught this, this lesson before, but I'll guarantee you you're gonna hear something you missed. God said you would. You already have. God wouldn't have us here. And and look at the season he's he, Brought it to us. It's for a reason. We're still in preparation. There's still. Listen. There's still something to come. And it's still God's next move. See I'm not. I'm not in no way. Get to having lost that thought. That's in the forefront of my mind. Two things going to happen. Something is going to happen. And God's next move. We want to be in the forefront. Right now, we're dealing with technicalities. Right now, actually, we're really just talking about the letter of the law. But there's a spiritual part to this. Right now, we're talking about the letter of the law. But there is a spiritual law that we must grab. That will cause things to be effective, spiritually and the word of God is going to rest in our hearts once we get it. I'd like to go on and on and on, but just these technicalities, just the, I want you to just meditate this week just on the principles. I want you to just go over all those seven principles. Don't talk about nothing in your family but the seven principles. And see, have you all been operating in them? Sit down and talk about it. Let's just talk about the seven principles. That's all. Don't, don't go anywhere else. Just the seven principles that, that God laid out for us. Because all of that is going to be the foundation for all the rest of the teaching. In whatever area we teach in. When all the ministers teach in, they're going to flow out of those areas you got to find which principle is he coming out of. Because it's there. Because we're under an umbrella. It's got to come out of one of those principles. It's there. Ministers, listen. It must come out from under one of these principles. Go back and look at those principles. That's the umbrella of safety. Those are essential things so that the people can follow when you teach from wherever cuz I'm the only one teaching on the tides at this time but every message is coming, it has to be a principle that it's coming out of and God has already set it in the earth we don't have to try to find a new principle to go up under it's already set so you go and you look at your notes and you're going to getting it all together you find the principle And you let the people know that we're coming out of this principle. Because that's what's going to get you to victory. Straight across the board. We're dealing with tide. I'm dealing with tithe. But wherever. If you're talking about redemption, you're talking about restoration, you're talking about preparation, it's still got to come out of those principles. For you to gather. For you to get. You want God to increase you. Get those principles down and say, I see it, I see it, I see it. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.